God bless you all. Isn't it good that we have stepped over the line from 2021 into 2022? What a blessing. And uh, God has been with us. You know, there might have been some times along the way that we wondered, I wonder if we're going to be able to cross the line. But he held us and he, uh, he sustains us and upholds us and here we are. So it's a blessing. Um, a couple of things. I, I really enjoyed the picture of uh, Scott and Cheryl and Andrew and Helen. Uh, so with that, it's kind of a green light or kind of permission in my mind. I'd like to do this. Uh, I'm doing this for a couple of reasons. One, Mary and I's youngest daughter, Sarah, our daughter, Sarah Elizabeth Slater, is 30 years old today. It's her birthday. And um, she typically, with the time especially being ahead of us, would be in church in Kansas City. But she told me, Dad, I'm going to live stream and watch you today. So she is with her boyfriend, Peter, and that's Sarah and her boyfriend, Peter. And I don't know if they're seeing this, but if you're seeing it and hear it, happy birthday, Sarah. We love you. In fact, yeah. I mean, what kind of dad would I be if I didn't take advantage of this opportunity, right? Can I ask you to do this for me? On, uh, I really hope Sarah's tuned in right now, and she'll catch it at some juncture, but I think she's live with us. Can, on the count of three, can we say happy birthday to Sarah? One, two, three. Happy birthday, Sarah. Very good. Sarah, we love you. Peter, we love you. And uh, thank you, family, for indulging me in that. Appreciate it. Uh, here's something else. We sang in the lyrics this morning, uh, Amazing Grace, and it talked about soon the earth will dissolve like snow. We heard that line that we sang. Uh, this morning, I was doing some dissolving. It's not what I expected. Mary, who was an early bird, my wife, was up well ahead of me, and she stepped into the bedroom and said, uh, Honey, um, I turned the faucet on, and we don't have any water. Nothing's working. Nothing's coming out. And I thought, how exciting. You know, I'm, Are we having fun yet? We've been in Klamath Falls two years, and this is another one of the bennies that come with the area. Amen? So I was in our pump shed this morning with Mary said, I'm going to look online. And I said, I'm going to call plumbers. And uh, I left messages in several locations, haven't heard back yet. And it's all good. I, I keep it all in perspective, right? It's all good. But I was in the pump house with Mary found something on Google. She goes, oh, there's a cookie sheet and a blow dryer. And if you put the pipe in between it, and I thought, if you think I'm going to do that, 15 minutes later, I'm <laughs> in the pump house hoping to thaw some things out so we'll see how it goes later today interestingly enough I, I was blessed by Mike's message I really caught the very end last week on streaming Mary and I had been traveling out of the area visiting family and I caught the very end I really felt impressed in the message today to do Psalm 121 and I'm not certain what Mike did last week I heard it was Psalm 120 then I heard it was 121 it must be what the Lord wants to speak to the church because we're going to hear some of 121 again today. In fact, I think I asked the good folks that are handing you bulletins and ushering to give you a Psalm 121. I hope you have one with you. The message is not entirely on 121. We'll visit it later. But uh, I do want to continue. Let me just do this before we go into it. Father in heaven, we pray together in faith in the name of Jesus. And we ask that by the spirit of truth that rests upon us, you would speak to our hearts, every one of us, that we would be different because we've come. We avail ourselves to the activity and the operation of your word and these ideas that you've blessed us with 
and we pray that they would penetrate and cause us to be different and cause your kingdom to be expanded. To that end, we ask your blessing and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. The last two or three times I've shared, I, I have content for the message and I'm bringing that. But every time I feel there's something, a current word the Lord wants to say. I believe it's contained in the message. But I believe there's a couple of things that I, the Lord has laid on my heart that I want to encourage us with. Just two thoughts. They're scriptural. You can look them up and understand them. But I believe in this hour the Lord wants to say two things. One, that we're to redeem the time. We're to redeem the time. That's a scriptural idea. And, uh, and then the other one is... The Lord said, occupy until I come. I believe these are two things that are current words from the Lord right now, more than any time we've probably ever walked with the Lord, just based on the hour we live in and the way things are going. The Lord said, redeem the time. You know, I, I, another way to translate it is make good use of my time, be about the Father's business, be kingdom-minded, let your light shine on other people that you make contact with, and then occupy until I come, you know. Be about the Father's business. So we have a title this morning uh, up in front of us. I believe it says Quest, Request, and Conquest. The Lord laid that on my heart as I prepared this message this morning. I've, that's not a, an old New Year's message that I've, I've shared before. This is a new fresh word. It's fresh bread from the oven of heaven this morning. And this, this is a fresh title. And it's Quest, Request, and Conquest as we move into 2022. It's interesting, God has this season and system of things. We, we, someone earlier mentioned his mercies are new every morning. Caleb did, I think, as he was leading us in worship. He mentioned that God's mercies are new every morning. And that's a blessing. I, I'm sure you're blessed by that. I sure am. I need his mercies afresh every morning. Mercy's new every morning. We have new weeks and we have new months. And, of course, we've stepped into a new year. Fresh starts. God's the God of second and multiple chances. Aren't you blessed by that reality? Amen. Uh, so we've stepped from 21 into 22. This first idea of quest, uh, and we, we know what quest means, but allow me to give some words that also support the idea. A quest is searching. It's a journey. It's hunting or a hunt. It's a pursuit. It's a chase. Quest. We're going to talk a little bit about Quest. I, I want to share a little bit about the recent trip I went on as part of this message. Mary and I went down to see our oldest daughter, Ashley, and her husband, Evan, and their two daughters, Paisley and Penny, in Sonoma County, Santa Rosa, recently. And um, while we were there, we were able to stay with them there uh, for a handful of days. And while we were there, they had a number of other young people that they're friends with. And we've been with them before when they've had gatherings and um, they're just some solid folks, really blessed by who Ashley and Evan have as friends, uh, professionals, solid young people with young kids as well. And Mary and I always love interacting and dialoguing with them and spending time with them. And during the day, it was also our granddaughter Penny's birthday on the 27th of December. So during that time, as we were all celebrating Penny's birthday, um, I sat and watched and visited and partook of the little goodies that were provided, but I was able to really watch and look at the young people, and Ashley, our daughter, uh, along with uh, a good friend of her, Jen, Jen, and uh, Ashley and Jen went to school together, Rinkin Valley Christian School, as well as all of our daughters, and they went through school together, and they're still good friends now and watching life happen right before them as they live life together. 
But I was looking at Jen, where she was sitting, and thinking, I already know where Ashley's at, and I certainly know where Jen is at, as far as where they are with the Lord. But as I was looking at them and thinking about all these people and understanding that a great number of them mix, even though they're good people, they're not necessarily, their names aren't written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And, I, and that dawned on me. And so I kept thinking, I felt like the Lord, actually this thought came to me. I wouldn't have normally put it this way, but the thought kind of dropped in on me as I looked at Jen. I have a question for you. And, it was, and so I kept thinking, Lord, if she gets up and goes to get something, I'll I'll, I'll make contact with her. I don't want to walk into the middle of it and interrupt, but if she walks by and comes back, I will connect with her. And sure enough, three minutes later, she got up and went to visit the treat table and came back, and, and she approached me, and or she was walking this way, and I said, Jen, and her husband walked over too. He's a solid guy. He's a police officer in the Bay Area, and he walked over, probably wants to know what this guy is going to ask his wife. And so when she came over, I said, Jen, I have a question for you. And I was glad that, her husband was there. And um, I said, Jen, how many of, I said, here's all these solid people. I said, Mary and I love this group. I said, how many of them are saved? Just a point blank. I said, how many are saved? And she said, it's funny you should say that. She said, I, that's been laid on my heart. And we've had, Ashley and I have had conversation about this very thing recently. So it seemed to be like what the Lord was saying. And and so we had a conversation. I think it prompted her to continue on looking for opportunities to point them to Jesus and look for opportunities to talk to them about the Lord. And I think that was just a reinforcement. But where I'm going with this today is God has questions for us. And they're interesting to look at. Some of the question God, questions God asks. And I find that the idea of quest, request, and conquest, and the word question, they're all connected, this idea that questions we ask occur along our search on the quest that we're on. Questions and quests go together. When questions are answered, quests are realized. And so I want to talk about that a little bit this morning. And so I have a question for us, and then God has some questions for us. The question I have for all of us is, what is your quest in 2022? What is your quest is it different than 2021? I think it would be uh, disappointing for any of us to just repeat 21 uh, like we did 22 in that all we were doing was um, working to survive and waking up Monday through Friday and hitting an alarm and preparing our meals and and, and kind of robotically, mechanically staying in that routine without something beyond. We're, we're, God brought us here for more than just surviving and, and getting the bills paid. Amen? There's more. I think part of our quest ought to be about some kingdom business. Some of that occupy until I come. Some of that redeem the time. Um, and so I want to encourage us. And you might not know the answer to what your quest is for 2022. Or you may be someone that says, oh, I have the answer. And it's not one thing. It's multiple things. It's multiple things I'm pursuing in 2022. So I think it's important we know what our quest is, what we're hoping to see realized, some, some intersection we come to in 2022 when the quest is a reality. And um, so is there a single thing, a specific thing that you're hoping for, believing for, pursuing, searching for to see realized in 2022? What are you and we and me? Here's an important question. What are we aiming at? <laughs> 
you know, what are we aiming at? And so we consider that this morning. Um, but let's remember, God too has said to us, in a sense, God has said to us, I have a question for you. And, um, and so let's look, it's Numbers eleven twenty three. It's a conversation between God and Moses. And, uh, and this had to do with Israel, the fact that they were, they, they wanted meat. They were tired of what they were eating and they were interested in meat and, and they had been grumbling and complaining and Moses and, and God were having conversation. And, uh, and at one point God said, look, I'm going to send meat. I'm going to send it in this many days on a regular basis. And the, Moses answered back and said, my gosh, there's a huge number of us, and that's a great regularity. How can you really pull it off? I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what Moses was saying. How are you going to pull that off? And this is the conversation. This is how the Lord responded to Moses. He said, he answered Moses, is the Lord's arm too short? Now you will see whether or not what I say will come true for you. And, and that's a question I want us to consider this morning. Is God's arm too short for the thing that you're hoping for that you felt maybe was insurmountable? I just have to ask you that question. I mean, some of us already know the thing we're hoping to see realized. I just want to ask you a question. Do you think it's really important how we respond, I believe? Because if we are half-hearted about it, if we aren't wholehearted, how could we ever pursue prayerfully in the Word uh, in the way we situate our lives and are pursuing, how could we ever hope to see it realized if we don't, we're only halfway convinced it could be realized? I mean, the question is important. Is God's arm too short? That's a question I just simply want to ask you. Do you believe God's arm is too short? And I'm here to tell you, I don't believe his arm is too short. Amen? And so we consider these things this morning. And another thing he's basically, some of the other versions don't say arm too short. Some of other versions say, God says, have I lost power? Is my power too little? Is my power limited? And uh, so it's important that we would consider this. And, and here's another thing that's important. I can remember uh, being at an event in the middle of my fire service career years ago down in Santa Rosa uh, where they needed a fire department presence there at some public gathering. It was a sporting event, actually, um, that ESPN was uh, filming, and we were just there for medical aid and just standby. And I had a conversation with the fire captain there that was with me, and for some reason I had to take my badge off my uniform shirt. I don't know whether I was putting a different shirt on, but I took my, while I took my badge off, on the back of my badge I had a scripture on it, and he saw it, and he said, what's that? And I said, oh, it's a scripture that the Lord gave me. Now, when I said that, that really got his attention. He said, what do you mean the Lord gave it to you? And I said, I felt the Lord kind of whispered that to me or gave it to me in a time that I was spending with him. And he said, wait a minute, are you saying God talked to you? And I said, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he said, wow, we've got employee uh, referral stuff for people like you that maybe need to go talk to someone. He said that sincerely. He, he kind of said that. And I'm here to say this. It's like, this is how I responded to him. I'm not out of my mind. I'm out of your mind. Amen? And that's what we want to say about these ideas that are posed before us with God. You know, I'm not out of my mind to believe that God can do it. And, and God is saying to us, I'm not too limited. And do you track with me to understand that I'm not too limited? So this is how we should roll. And it's kind of, kind of like we were told this morning. 
when Chad said, I need to be reminded. This, is, this serves as a reminder this morning. Let's look at another PowerPoint that speaks to the same thing. It's Genesis 18:14. And so this is a conversation that is happening here. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. You remember this conversation that we've read in Scripture before. You know, and, and of course, Sarah laughed. Um, and, and it was interesting as you continue to read the text, I'd forgotten this part, but actually, it was, the question was posed to Sarah, did you laugh? And she denied it. When you read it in scripture, she denied it, and God said, no, you laughed. I thought, my gosh, when I read that, I thought, I wouldn't want to be on the correcting end of that or being corrected, amen? God can bring to conception, and that's very apropos for this idea, but what is the thing you're hoping to have conceived and see birthed in your life in 2022? God can bring the conception and bring forth what we've previously thought impossible. He can do that. God's arm is not too short. And my answer to, is anything too hard for God? My answer is absolutely not. And I, I don't want to be unrealistic. I understand all of us face some things that we're hoping for, multiple things. And some of them seem like they're so far off, we wonder if we're going to see them. But I'm here to encourage us today. We need to be able to respond to these questions in the affirmative and believe that we'll see them. I believe it's part of the, what brings the reality about is what we believe and how we pursue it. Let's look at another here. I'll, I'll read it. And uh, you have it on the PowerPoint. It's Matthew 3. And it says this, And when Jesus was baptized, uh, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my Son with whom I'm well pleased. Let me cover a couple things real quick. At least in, in the economy of God, let me cover a couple things that are slightly off subject, but they're worth mentioning. Um, first of all, don't let anybody tell you there's no trinity. Uh, we rented our church building some years ago to a group, and after we rented, we found out, my gosh, they're, they're Jesus only. You know, they, they didn't believe in the trinity, and we had to work with them and hope to bring them around, and that's another story. But my point is, there are people who believe in, they don't believe in the trinity. They, they're called Jesus only, and I'm here to tell us we need to know what we believe. We need to know what the Bible teaches. It's not Jesus only. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If you don't think that's the case, in this snapshot of the Bible photo album right here, you have God the Son coming up out of the water, God the Spirit descending on him that was visible, and the voice of God the Father in that snapshot saying, this is my Son in whom I'm well please there's a trinity in a photo right there so if anyone asks you you take them to this account and tell them i'll tell you right here here's the trinity amen and the other thing is if you've wondered about the the method of baptism we're getting her done just right right here because it says jesus came up out of the water right he came up it was immersion now when I, we teach on baptism i want to say this there might be situations where you need to pour because a person can't get out of a bed, but they want to be baptized. I think if their heart is right and you pour over and they want to be baptized, God honors it. But I just think, you know, if it's scripturally sound, we've got it in the book. Amen? Those are a couple of things. But let me stay on track. The Father's voice, it's so good. And by the way, we are sons and daughters of God, are we not? We're sons and daughters of God. He said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, three verses later, 
If you're there in Matthew 3, it's, it's 16, it's 17. 17 is the last verse of the third chapter. You come into the fourth chapter, and this is what the fourth chapter says. Let's look at it. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds or comes from the mouth of God. This is what I want to point out. Three verses earlier. This is like that photo album idea. We had one picture in the photo album of the Lord coming up out of the water. The Spirit leads him into the desert, and it's almost as if the next voice he hears, the last voice almost still echoing, you are my son in whom I'm well pleased. I want to say to us, have we ever had encounters where we felt, I feel your presence, I feel your love, I feel your embrace, I'm connected to you. This is what's really important, key point here. Our identity, we are sons and daughters of God, and as soon as Jesus goes out, this is a tactic of the enemy and not limited to the Lord, but in sons and daughters' lives, a tactic of, he brings into question, we're talking about quest and questions this morning. Here's another question. He brings into question. He wants us to question. He wants us to doubt. If you're the son of God, time out. I can still hear the echo of my father's voice telling me I'm a son of God. Don't even begin to introduce that I'm not a son or a daughter of God. Amen? We need to remember who we are. He'll try to make us doubt. He'll try to whisper, because of what you've just done, you're not worthy. You've sinned too many times, you're not forgiven anymore. You keep fouling up. I'm here to tell you, if Jesus is your accepted Lord and Savior, and you mean it, he's faithful and just to purify and cleanse you of all unrighteousness, and you've not lost your son or daughtership, as it were. Amen? Amen. So this is something he wants to speak to our hearts this morning. Uh, the devil brings things into questions. And so it's important. Do you, do we, do me, do we all, do we know who we are? Do we know who we are? We are God's chosen. We are God's chosen. I'm here to remind us of that. And here's a few ideas from Scripture. The Scriptures say, these are maybe paraphrased in the way I wrote them. But here's what they say. We are new creations. Old things have passed away. This is what the Bible says about us. We are co-heirs with Christ. I love that passage from Romans chapter 8. We are co-heirs with Christ. That is huge. When you park there and think about, what does that mean? That means we have a relationship with God the Father. We are co-heirs with Christ. And everything in this covenant relationship that God says is ours too. So, and the scripture says, I'm reminding us of who we are. I love Acts 17, 28. I've said it from up here before. Most mornings, and I did cover it this morning, although I was late. I waited till I was actually cleaning up. I didn't say it. Probably because I was told that we didn't have any water. My, my morning declaration was interrupted. <laughs> but I did get to it a little later. I said, in Jesus, I live and I move and I have my being. I spoke it out again as one of the first things I declare as I got up this morning. But, but that's not my word. That's our word. In Jesus, we live and we move and we have our being. We are sons and daughters of God, and our citizenship is in heaven. I've, I'm certain I've read somewhere that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen? Amen. So these, these things, they're written. Even as Jesus modeled in what we just reviewed, these things are written. 
They're good reminders for us when the enemy whispers lies or brings things into question. It's important for us to say, on the contrary, I know who I am. And it's okay to make some of those statements. And so um, we continue ahead. I, I mentioned um, Psalm 120, 121. I think I was told, hey, it was 121. And, and everybody hopefully got one of these in one of these shades of purple. Uh, I think you have a little handout. Here's my hope. I hope it's, you turned it into a bookmark, kind of like I showed you the one earlier I had. Uh, I've given one to Ron Dobry. I've given one to John Herbolt. I've given one of these to Pastor Scott. They're laminated, the ones I gave him. Um, you might laminate yours. You might trim it down to make it fit. But if you put it in your Bible, you put it somewhere that you were regularly, you could regularly declare this promise in your life. And why do, I, why do I talk about the people I gave it to? Ron and I ride motorcycles together, and the morning I gave him his, I said, we're going to go riding. I keep this in my bike, and I have never once taken a motorcycle ride without praying this promise before my wheels start spinning. And you know what? God's always faithfully brought me back. Why do I say it? Well, it'll make sense as we look through it. And even when I was bicycling, doing some bike riding, I never got on the roads of Sonoma County without praying this promise. See, I, see here's the thing. I believe this. And I believe, I feel totally different when I pray this and set out than a couple of times where I've set out and gone, wait a minute, I didn't do it. I'll pull over and do it. And when I start again, I'm telling you, I feel totally different. Like it's been spoken. I believe it's set in motion. And I believe God will honor his word. Amen. And it's not limited to just motorcycle riding and bicycle riding. Mary and I have prayed this prayer many times before we venture out in her car on a journey. So to that end, and hopefully some more ideas that are presented, you'll be able to use this. But remember, Jesus said, Man does not live by bread alone. We just read it in Matthew 4. Man does not live by bread alone. And so uh, a couple of things I want to share. Um, I want to make sure I do it in the right order here because I have two or three things right here that I want to interject. Let me read 121. If you had the card, I think it's also on a PowerPoint. I want to read 121 just because it's so rich and it's good to get as we, inside of us as we speak. So... I will lift my eyes up to the hills, my eyes to the hills of Jerusalem. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber briefly nor sleep soundly. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in. Everything that you do from this time forth and forever, and I'll add amen to that. That, I don't, even reading that last part where it's, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I read in a book that I know is divine in nature, I know this is heaven sent. I know God sent this to us. And when I read that he communicated Something like this, the Lord will, not might, not maybe, no asterisk, no footnote, no note that says we're not qualified for it. He will. The Lord will protect you from some evil. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in. Everything that you do from this time forth and forever. 
I don't know about you, but when I read that, see, I just take God at his word. I say, that excites me. That excites me. You have, you have your eye on me, and I believe this is true. And, uh, and so I'm hoping that you might catch some of that too. And I'm going to talk more about 121, but right now I wanna, we have a 44-second video clip. And before we roll the clip, I want to say this. I don't know how many of you over the holidays uh, watch Christmas movies. My wife is a real fan of movies, uh, Christmas movies, all movies, black and white. She's trivia. She knows a lot. I've learned a lot as we've watched movies together. I didn't even watch this movie until we got together. I, I hadn't even heard of It's a Wonderful Life. And then we'd been married close to 35 years. But at some juncture earlier in our marriage and our coming together, she said, oh, it's a wonderful life. We've got to watch it. And of course, it's a favorite every Christmas season. And I, of course, I've watched it this Christmas season. I wouldn't mind watching it again. How about 44 seconds of it? And I'll talk more about it after we see it. Let's look at, let's look at George Bailey. saw the subtitles and you could see what he was praying among other things he said well first the first thing I think is important to note and by the way Jimmy Stewart was a believer attended a Presbyterian church in North Hollywood his father and mother were strong believers and before Jimmy Stewart went to World War II was a pilot in World War II went on many missions Jimmy Stewart did and before he went, his father gave him Psalm 91, and he carried that in his pocket and prayed it regularly, Jimmy Stewart did. So there's Jimmy Stewart, the actor, and I think it falls a little short from what Jimmy Stewart, the actual person, did. He prayed the word. Uh, this morning we're talking about Psalm 121. But the first thing he said as George Bailey was, uh, I don't know if you can hear me. He questioned even whether God can hear him. Let me, let me say, when we call, God answers. That's what he says in his word. When we pray, he hears us, number one. Number two, he, he was basically asking God for help. And that's one of the things I love about Psalm 121. David, the psalmist, looks up to the hills and goes, does my help come from the hills? And then he says, no, my help comes from the maker of those hills. Our help comes from the creator of all things, the maker of heaven and earth. And, um, and so we consider that this morning as we move along, that our help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. He says, I'm not a praying man. I guess my question to us is, are we praying men and women? I mean, in 2022, could we be more, I think, every one of us? I don't know that one of us, if the Bible says pray without ceasing, then we all could probably be a bit more praying people. But I know I want to be more prayerful, and I feel I'm pretty prayerful already, but I want to lean into prayer a bit more. Because really what it's, the translation of that is, I want to tend to my relationship with the Lord more than I have before. That's really what that means. I'm going to spend time talking to him and hearing him as well. And so um, six times in Psalm 121, 
six times in that card that you have in this psalm, it says uh, that God will. I, I just find that repeated. It catches my attention. And again, it doesn't say he might or he perhaps. God will. So well, what are the things that are connected to the what God will? First thing he says is, I will not allow your foot to slip. Okay, God, God upholds us. He promises to uphold us. And I think that can mean a lot of things about our foot not slipping. Slipping and sliding off into some place we don't want to go or do. You know, God will not allow our foot. He will give us multiple chances. He'll prompt us. He'll tap us. He'll impress upon us about not going on a hard left turn somewhere where I don't want your foot to slip in that direction. I will make very clear. And if you seek me and ask me, I'll make it clear. There are times I've prayed proactively in the morning and said, Lord, as I approach intersections of decision, I give you permission by your spirit to prompt me before I ever get to that intersection about which way I should turn, which is really a pathway of righteousness or not. So God will not allow our foot to slip. He, and he says, God will not sleep, not slumber. Chad uh, prompted us with that earlier, and we're reminded of it again. We won't sleep, God won't sleep, God won't slumber. What is it saying? God's guaranteeing us, I'm watching. I won't be off the job. It's like someone in the military on guard duty. Sometimes you're worried whether they might fall asleep. God's basically saying, I don't sleep. I don't slumber. My watch is on you. And that blesses me to know. He's, he's attentive to us in our needs. And he protects us from all evil. That just rocks me when I read that. Because here's what, the way I feel about it. If I pray that, I expect him to realize what he said he would do. And I want to encourage you to pray that, even proactively. I mean, we can pray help, God help, when we're sliding on black ice, and I think God will hear our prayer. But before that, in a proactive sense, that's what I'm encouraging us to be about in 2022, is to be people that are proactively praying in advance, that we're already covered before we get to those places. He'll protect us from all evil. He will keep our life. He'll guard our going out and our coming in. And listen to this. In everything you do. Oh, I just am so blessed by that reality. We've all had fathers and mothers, and they say, I got your back, and I believe they do. But I don't think anyone can be as faithful as God who says, in everything you do. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having conversation with him on a regular basis. And, and not that he needs the reminding, but to say, I'm remembering, and I'm asking you to see it realized, even as I'm busy today. And... Um, and so we can proceed. The sun will not harm you or the moon won't strike you or harm you. What does that mean when you read that? That's kind of interesting. It simply means this. Whether it's the time of day when the sun is out or the time of day when the moon is out or anything in between, God's watching us 24-7, 365. And then the idea of help. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And, and Psalm 46, if the first couple of verses... It says the Lord is our, an ever-present help. Psalm 54 says, 54.4 says he sustains us and helps us. Isaiah 41.10 says, I will help you and uphold you. So there's various ideas in scripture. And here in 121, God will help us. He's our helper. Jesus said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to send you another helper. We have help. We're not running this thing solo. We have help. 2022, let's remember, we're not going so. He's with us. He wants to help us. He's watching us. And uh, from this time forth and forevermore. See, that also blesses me. And uh, I don't know about you, but that sounds good to me. I'm interested in the program. Sign me up. I want to be a, a participant and a receiver of these marvelous blessings. The Lord is our keeper. 
Finally, the most accurate the most accurate definition for God being our keeper means preserver when you study the word. When he keeps us, it's like a life preserver. It's like there's a life preserver ring that's being tossed out and it's spinning towards us and it's white with orange parts to it and little ropes on it and I can see the name Jesus on it as it's flying towards us. He, he preserves us. He upholds us. And I'll tell you what, I'm not interested in simply being buoyed and my 2022 experience being one where I'm simply buoyed up. I'm into being buoyed up. I'm into being upheld. But I believe he's called us not to just survive bobbing in the water, but he ultimately wants to see us walking on the water. Amen? And so that's 2022 for us. That's really what he wants, not just to survive. And, and how does he get this done? Look, look at a couple of the names. Look at uh, here, one of his names, God Most High. It's actually El Elyon. We find it in Daniel. We find it several places in Scripture. The name, it's another name of God, God Most High. See, when God says, I'm watching in Psalm 121, I, I've said this before, but this is the idea I get. It's as if God, he's the Most High God. He's the Most High God. Well, let's, let me, before I share that, let's move to the next one, and it's called El Roy, and that also is found in Genesis 16, and that describes the name of God, the God who sees me. So the Most High God, who's far above everything that's going on in our lives. What, what am I getting at? We've stepped from 21 into 22, and God sees, he not only sees 21 to 22, he not only sees that we're at January 2nd, he sees down the line. He sees down the line. Uh, it's as if God is in a helicopter viewing the prayed route of our life. The day we were born and the day that we leave this earth suit and go to heaven, it's as if God is viewing all of our circumstances. We're only aware of this part of the prayed today, but he sees all the days in the prayed of our life because he's the most high God. Our God has supervision. He's our supervisor with supervision. And, um, and, and so I like to say this, and this is one of the reasons I believe he's called the A and the Z. See, we're at some juncture in our life. Oh, I see the A of Kelly's life. And I also see the Z. And God, see, he's, he calls himself the A and the Z, the beginning and the ending, the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the most high God. So that ought to comfort you that when we communicate with him, we don't have to worry and explain to him what's unfolding in our life. It's like, I've already seen it. And I, I'm asking you to involve yourself. I don't want to take it for granted, however. I'm encouraging us to ask him to involve ourselves in the next segment of the prayed that we're on, as it were. I, I want us to encourage, uh, to be encouraged to really involve him, not always take it for granted. So as we move towards our quest being realized, in our relationship with the Lord, let's, let's seek out his involvement. So quest leads to request. And let's look at request in uh, Philippians 4. We have that passage, and uh, it's from the Amplified. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God quest and request. God, while I'm on this quest and I talk to you about the quest, every time I visit you and have a prayerful conversation with you, it's about the quest and the request. I'm asking and I'm seeking. I'm knocking and I'm asking and I'm believing. And it's about the quest and the request. 
That's how it gets done. And so it's important, A, that we know our quest and that we continue to ask him to involve himself in our quest. And um, God, you know what's coming next. I, I like to say this. I've prayed this before. Certainly my wife has heard me pray it. God, direct traffic in my life. God, direct traffic. And I pray it for uh, nine family members that are very close to me and special to me. Nine people, my wife and I and seven others by name. And regularly I ask God, direct traffic in their life direct traffic, order their steps, direct their paths, keep them from harm, rally goodness and influence and blessing to them, scatter ungodly things out before them that they might not encounter them. God direct traffic. And I believe he honors those prayers. Um, the key important part of the scriptural directive is with thanksgiving that we read in Philippians 4, 6. With thanksgiving is, is a real key part of our request being realized. This is really the most important part of the message, I believe. It's interactive. It's relational. It's expressed appreciation. This is really key. Thanksgiving, expressed appreciation. It means not simply, God, here's my list. Could you see to get it done? Now, there's nothing wrong with asking God, but I have to say we really need to incorporate a lot of gratitude, a lot of recognition. I'm certain Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, acknowledge him in everything you do, and, and I'll put my own paraphrase in parentheses, then, as a consequence, as a result of all of this acknowledgement, and then when you make your request, those requests are realized. Make your request with thanksgiving. And so... Um, it's relationship. And, and relationship, if you ever think of the word, uh, well, it's in relation to. Kelly, in relation to the keyboard, means in position. See, relationship also is positioning ourselves for the blessings of God to be realized in our life. That's how you position yourself for the blessings of God, is, is acknowledging him and recognizing him and thanking him. So quest, request, and then conquest. Um, there's a minister named Dick Mills who now is in heaven. Dick Mills is a popular four-square man. Scott has had, Pastor Scott has had Dick Mills, uh, I don't know about in this church, but at least in the Klamath Falls Christian Center Church at some juncture over the years, Dick Mills did minister uh, in the midst of the KCC family on at least one occasion. And Dick Mills was also in our church on a couple of occasions some years ago. He's with Jesus now. But he told a story, and I'm going to retell his brief story. Dick Mills, because it, it fits with where we're going. He talked about hunting with a friend, bear hunting with a friend. And uh, he said they were on a ridge, and they had scopes. And I, I, this is a, a great audience to be able to tell this to. This might not roll down in Santa Rosa, but a lot of you people are down with the bear hunting or any hunting for that matter. And so there they were looking through a scope, and they caught a bear off in the distance. And Dick Mills' friend shot and they think they got him. It was a long distance away, but it looked like, you know, he, a lot of movement. So they went and tracked the bear, and they got down there. And in the area that they thought, they're looking at bushes that are ripped up, bark off trees, some blood on the ground, not finding the bear. And then finally, they, they walked over and found the bear. What's the point? We've been talking about voices and questions and things that are posed. I want to say this. On the cross, when Jesus said to telestai, translation, it is finished. Another, another translation of that, debt paid. 
when Jesus accomplished his mission and said it is finished, that was, that was a bullet into the enemy that caused his certain defeat. Yeah, we all could be saying hallelujah on that one. But here's the thing. He's defeated, but right now the enemy's going around, even though he's dying and he's dead and the death blow has occurred, he's ripping up the bark on the trees, he's ripping up the landscape, he's wreaking havoc, but he is dead. He's dying. We've read the end of the book. We know how it finishes. Why do I bring that particular story up? We need to proceed as ones who are walking in victory and not wondering when it's going to happen. It already has happened. It already has happened. The victory is already run. So we should proceed accordingly. We should definitely proceed accordingly. Let's look at a PowerPoint, Romans 8, 37. It says, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors and gain victory through him who loved us so much that he died for us. See, it's already written. It's already established. It's not we will be conquerors. It says we are today, right now, more than conquerors. Amen? We, we, that's how we have to roll in 2022 to really walk into victory is to, to know that we are conquerors and, and making those declarations, praying those things. You know, the, hey, we, I'm not hoping, we're believing. We know we are walking in victory. We're more than conquerors. Overwhelming victory is ours. And as Pastor Scott has reminded us in a recent sermon, I thought it was a good word. He said, we live from the cross. This is the same thing he's saying. He, he reminds, hey, we live from the cross. What does that mean? We live from a point, if we're in Christ, then we live from a, a vantage point of the victory's already been secured. We are more than conquerors. He's reminded us with that good statement that we live from the cross. And uh, that is where our Lord said, it is finished. Conquest is from a place of victory already secured from the cross. I'd like to ask the worship team if you could come up. We want to have a closing song, and I have just a, a couple of thoughts here as, as they would come up. And I want to say this. Um, I'm hoping that you can take your cards that you've received, and I'm hoping that you might put them in your Bible or wherever you go in your devotional book, whatever you use. And I'm really hoping and praying that you'll be able to incorporate Psalm 121 into your regular devotion as you move through 2022. That you could begin to pray these things and, um, and see them realized in your life. And um, I just believe the Lord's going to honor the prayer. He, he's El Elyon. He's El Roy. He's the God Most High. And um, in Jesus, we live and move and have our being. And we're more than conquerors in Christ. I believe that's the word from the Lord today. I want to seal up the message in prayer. And I also want to mention a couple of things. I think I'm going to pray Psalm 121 right now over us. And then I have a corporate prayer after our song. I'm going to come back up, and I want, to, I want to pray a blessing over all of us as we step out of the church after the first Sunday of 2022. I'm going to ask God to bless us. But right now, as the worship team is preparing, I want to pray this. And you can look at it in kind of a prayerful sense, but I'm not going to pray the whole thing. I'm going to take some aspects out of this right now. Can you grab your cards if you have them? Uh, uh, bear with me. Indulge with me here as I um, pray Psalm 121. Lord, uh, here we are this morning. We have various scenarios, circumstances, family situations, uh, work situations, health, monetary situations, whatever it is, 
we'll fill in the blank, but you know what's occurring in our life. And we don't look to the hills, we look to the maker for help. So I'm asking with everyone else in faith that your help would be a reality and operate in our lives as we commence through 2022. We, we ask to experience your help. And we ask this in Psalm 121.7. It says, the Lord will protect you from all evil. I pray for each one of us that, Lord, your protection would be operating so wonderfully that evil would be scattered in seven different directions out of our life and that we would move ahead as we call you to protect us from all evil. We call you to keep and guard and preserve our life. And we ask that you would bless us from this time forth today and even forevermore. We trust you, we thank you, we count on you, and we pray these things with faith and great thanks in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. The Lord has promised good to me, his word. My hope secure He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures our chains are